Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Kyle Lowry. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, good sir, are you? Uh, once again, checking my LinkedIn, and it says producer of the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. How you doing, Fred? I'm doing great, buoyed by the fact that you are regularly checking your LinkedIn. <laughs> I uh, I actually don't even have a LinkedIn, but you know, it's, it's fun to pretend, isn't it? I don't it's, think it's, uh, people in our profession have LinkedIn's usually. No, it's, it's good to pretend the Raptors are six and one hot start six and one, just like we thought um, <laughs> first in the conference. And honestly, uh, things are shaping up well for Giannis. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the uh, opposite, I think, is true. Been a bit of a rough start for me. Uh, haven't seen That's this fine. before. I heard about it. I heard about this like Bargnani guy. I heard about like, uh, you know, some like. Uh, who's who? What was another really tough little era? Joey Grant, Joey Graham, always a Calderon, Calderon, you know, child. So that was kind of a good era, but yeah, there's a lot. But hey, we're not entering into that kind of era, we're just getting a little tease that's like, you know what, it could get bad, but this team is it, honestly the skill's too good for, for us to uh even start thinking about the draft lottery. Okay, I agree, but Matt, I want to say. Um, you know, uh, from the bottom of my heart, welcome to, to a more full fan experience where, uh, as we say on the pod, you know, uh, we're looking for wins and silver linings. Yeah. So it's not just, uh, it's not just wins we're looking for anymore. You know what? I haven't missed a game yet. That's a big deal. They're, uh, you know, obviously struggling and stuff. And, uh, that's how I know. I think I've just become more and more of a, of a hardcore Raptors fan. Now that's right. I... Wait, till, wait till we get good again. You really feel oh. it. When you're there, if you're there when they lose, you feel it when, they're, when they win. Trust when, we, when we get that little piece to add, mm-hmm. take See a little. Pascal, you know, get angry and dunk against Boston. I was like, oh, oh something's yeah. happening. Yeah. And something is happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Matt, let's, let's give people the goods. Yeah. If people want to follow us. Help us out, you know, buy a itch free toque, for instance. Oh my gosh. Uh, how can they do all those things? You know, there's all these different ways you can get to these fantastic links. If you're on our Instagram, click the link in our bio and it gives you a whole list of fun that you can click on. Or you can just go right to dunkspodcast.com. We've got everything you can click there too. We've got the Sonar Network, which is the podcast network that we are a part of and that we care about very much. Uh, go to the sonarnetwork.com. You can listen to us there and you can also see all these other great podcasts you can also listen to. And, you know, go on those podcatchers, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, you know, Player FM. Freddy's, Freddy's our one hit we get on the Player FM. So if you want to subscribe and write uh, a nice little review, thank you to those who have. You know, we've got a nice little, you know, group of, of reviews now. And it really helps us because, you know, we've been doing this a long time. And, and uh, that, that's, how, that's how you get your skin in the game, as they say. 
And uh, other than that, we do, you know, it's getting colder and colder. And, you know, you can still risk it a little bit going out there without a toque on, but eventually your ears are going to fall off. So you need an anti-itch toque. We've mm-hmm. got them on our Shopify. Order one. We'll mail them to you. Snail mail. Real easy. Matt, you are a, an absolute professional. And <laughs> and let me say cheers to you for referring to our links as fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, they are fantastic links. <laughs> they will take you exactly where they say they're going to. Yeah. And that's a promise. Yeah, they do not lead yeah. you astray. Our links, no. they're Absolutely solid. Not. No, it's not. You're not <laughs> clicking on our, our Patreon and getting brought to Silk Road. Yeah, <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to do that to you. Okay? But not, you know, if people want to help out, yeah. uh, we do have our Patreon. We right? do have a Patreon, uh, and we're, we're going to start doing a lot more exclusive content for Patreon. But in the meantime, you can get the episodes the day that we record you get it before anywhere else on the patreon and as well we've got some other tiers with some other stuff that you will get as a bonus as well and it's all worth it folks so you really got to check out the patreon chip in what you can we really appreciate it and then you know we can we can start to you know use this stream yard uh, professional feed maybe put a little money into that uh you know because uh, check out i will say check out the youtube now we do have a little bit of a different kind of show you know i'm uh, I'm doing a lot of people's court directing now for the YouTube video of the episode. Cool. Yeah. So you're going to want to check that shit out. A lot of quote jokes. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm digging them. I'm digging them. Uh, and, you know, I think before we get this, uh, this pod rolling, um, we got to touch on the uh, fairly horrifying events of yesterday. The Capitol uh, of the U.S. Uh, was uh, Congress was taken over by a a mob of pro-Trump terrorists. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was a pretty terrifying and traumatizing sight. And I think what I want to touch on is the kind of awful disparity that was just too obvious to see how these white terrorists were treated when you know the you know black lives matter protesters or people you know fighting for good real meaningful things were treated and so it's just another big kind of example of inequality and for canadians who are you know you know navel gazing or doing any angel complex stuff mm-hmm. please just remember that you know racism is bred it's cultivated. It's something that is taught mm-hmm. and it's something that is kind of, you know, it, it grows when we look the other way. So when Aaron O'Toole says it's nurtured, gonna, yeah, it's nurtured. Uh, when Aaron O'Toole says, I'm going to take Canada back, mm-hmm. he, he knows who he wants to take it back from. So if you pretend that that is some fictional, unreal person, you're contributing to the problem. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Email your city councilor, uh, defund the police, and Black Lives Matter. And I think we're we're good to get this pod rolling. Uh, Matt, if you feel like we're we're good to go, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, 
Yeah, let's bring on uh, guest number one. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heavy episode, maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't even know why I let in with that. How about it's gonna be an episode that I can't guess yet. How about that? Um, so guest number one uh, is a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's a comedian. He's hilarious. He does stand up, sketch, improv. He's a uh, master on Twitch. Big numbers on his Twitch, like huge amounts of followers. Huge Twitch. Um, he can dunk in real life. He's the host of uh, CBC's Canada's Baking Show, which I accidentally <laughs> called the British Bake Off once. I don't know if you still have it right. Here we are. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Alan Chang Lewis. My music. Thank you so much. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, happy to have you. Did not mean to undermine your Twitch followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Twitch followers undermine itself, baby. So I've been saying baby a lot, too. I don't know why I keep saying Act- let, yeah. let the babies roll. I think like <laughs> if it's like a fun, if it's not like there's no seediness in the baby, it's like yeah. a baby, like to like a, a couch or whatever. You're good. Yeah, I, I think I've been watching too much Seinfeld. I think that's what's happening. It's, I'm just becoming George Costanza. It can move, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the excitement babies. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, she's amazing. She's an incredible basketball writer. We briefly worked together once uh, at a, a mutual kind of part-time job, which was fun. Uh, so I got to see her occasionally. Um, yeah, she writes for Uproc. She's written for the Raptors, Yahoo. Uh, she's done a bunch of big, crazy, amazing interviews like Siakam, Becky Hammond, uh, I think Stan Van Gundy. Like this is a this is a big time guest for us, and we're always super excited to have her. She is the queen of basketball feelings. Give it up for Katie Heindel. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I love my sound. <laughs> I always just get carried away, carried away by my sound. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good bouncy atmosphere. Is uh, is the queen of basketball feelings okay? It just sure. I went for it, and I was like, is this what is this? Yeah, if you'd like to use that moniker, that's all right. I'm all right with that. Okay. Um, second <laughs> important question for me. Uh, either you have like a very cool Zoom background. Or you are in like a winter getaway. Is it uh, yeah, okay, without giving away your location? I'm just north of the city. I'm north of the city for like a determinate amount of time, just basically holed up in the woods. Oh, that's, that's nice. Uh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, it's like a less depressing window to stare out of when that's all I'm really doing <laughs> at home. Yeah. Um, as someone who definitely, uh, I realized the other day that I, I took a picture of the graphic um, sunrises or Toronto sunrise and sunsets. I was like, hmm, I think I'm keeping a bit too much like track of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that this recording is going to go through the, the sunset and I'm so sorry to both of you. Um, no, honestly, I was thinking the same thing because you can see the sunset down here, and I was like, I hope it's not a good one. <laughs> and I know about it. You know Nothing. what? It's going to be a cloudy one. We're okay. okay. Um, let's start. If let's somebody start. wakes up at five p.m. I'm like sunsets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Fair enough. So, wait, so, wait, so you should get some sunsets. Oh wait, no, sorry, sunrise. I guess, I guess sunri- oh, yeah, I guess sunrises. 
Those are cool. right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're like, you feel bad. You're like, oh, I did something bad, didn't I? I'm up too late. It doesn't feel as good, you know? Yeah, I was uh, drinking with a friend of the podcast, uh, Roger Bainbridge, once, and it was like maybe like five, five thirty or something. It was it was an early sunrise, but still, like the sun started coming, and I got like my like drunk happy vibes turned into like I was angry at myself and I was like suspicious of everyone else, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is scary!" Like, can I am drunk? You know what I mean? So I'm gonna walk home <laughs> still drunk in the sunrise, and like I'm freaked out. So. Um, stay away from me is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> if, you see me, if you see me very early in the morning, just give me some space. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah Fred, Freddie's hammered. If you see me early in the morning, it's not. I'm not doing something responsible. I am a givener. <laughs> okay. All right, let's uh, let's talk some Raptors ball. Uh, I don't know where my head's at today, but uh, it's going to be a good one. Maddie, if you got uh, one of your beautiful Raptor stings, please, good sir, give it to me. Um, Katie, <laughs> I'm really getting, um, Katie, let's just, uh, let's go for it on, um, Pascal Siakam. So yesterday against Phoenix, I think we saw a lot of, um, what we've, you know, come fairly accustomed to seeing from Pascal Siakam, like athleticism, defense, like pep in his step or, you know, maybe the missing swagger that Kyle was talking about. He just looked aggressive. And he also looked like he was sizing up people um, Mm -hmm. mid game during the game being like, you're too small for me. You're too slow for me. And it was kind of like, Oh, here we go. This is the like learning machine, joyous person. I've, you know, that I've, I fell in love with as a player. Uh, Yeah. Do you think, not necessarily that Pascal's back, but do you think that game slash his play, like, is there any reason for genuine optimism? I think so. I mean, I think to me, what has felt like all along is missing with Pascal. Well, first that win was weird. I mean, it was a loss, but that, that's what I mean. Like it felt like the, the first not depressing or crushing loss of the season so far for the Raptors. And I think that's what made it feel like, like, Oh, wait, they didn't win. They still lost. They're still on a streak, but it didn't feel so bad because they looked more recognizable to me. Um, And I think all season, what's been weird with Pascal is seeing him play with such a lack of intention is like the best way I feel I can describe it. So any play he's making, whether he's like trying to like attack the paint, like he won't finish, right? Like his finishing has been pretty atrocious. He's been doing a lot of like weird ISO plays I feel like in, instead of just like the ball movement that I think always favors the Raptors like generative offense a little bit better his shot selection has been super weird but then he's also had these bursts kind of you know he's always had plateaus like as a player mm-hmm. but I think when he's developing he's kept a cool head he kind of ha- he understands like the work that it's going to take to get better and to like reach the next kind of heights of his career but with this season seeing him foul out like twice um, having have like had him benched for one of those games, it just like it doesn't seem like he's kind of holding himself in the same way. So that was a little bit worrying because it just felt like he was letting a lot of this get to him, and it felt like it was going beyond the floor. 
and it still might be like, cause this was just one game, but that said, like I was kind of looking for anything. So I think in that game, you know, it was sort of the glimmer of hope that I needed. <laughs> yeah. Me, me, me too. And uh, we, we joked with Matt before we started recording, just, you know, welcome to being like a Raptor fan. Like we're, we're back, <laughs> we're back to being yeah. like, you know, you know, we, it wasn't a win, but check this out. And, like, you know, like, so we're starting to have like, but you know, back in the day, AKA like a year ago, it's like, ah, oh, we won by 15, but Norm didn't have the killer instinct I'm used to seeing from him. You know what I mean? It's like, that was the level. So I think it is pretty shocking. And mm-hmm. your point, uh, Katie is huge about like, just the way you worded it um, about him reaching plateaus and kind of, you know, having a cool head, right? Cause it, people are, are used to seeing players in year two, you know, the sophomore slump and mm-hmm. they struggle and they struggle, but then they overcome. And uh, I think the league has put smaller guards on Pascal. They know he likes to do a couple spin moves. Uh, they also know the Raptors offense likes to drive and kick and Pascal's often, you know, he's going to be looking for a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. So all in all, it's just kind of come become a bit predictable. And yeah, with him, with him not being able to kind of like, this is going to sound corny, but like understand the process, like Norm's tagline. Like I think part of it is like understanding you're going to struggle and you're going to have like shooting woes or like a guy like Danny Green is a good example of me for, for me uh, of a player who's kind of like, this is what I do. I'm good at keep doing it. I am good. You can watch me miss a bunch of shots in a row, but you want me on the court because I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I just tacked on a bunch of like extra points. But um, Alan, how are you feeling about like, you know, Raptors positivity? Yeah, Pascal coming back? Both, yeah, I think you both kind of nailed it when it comes down to it. I feel like we're back to silver lining basketball, you know, watching these games and going, okay, what pieces of this can we take from it and be like, these are the positives and move on forward and kind of focus on them. Um, seeing Pascal in that last game was great because I think his confidence is coming back. I think I keep saying this. I keep reiterating it. He's only been playing basketball for X amount of time and only that much in the professional side. And I think, he, Freddie, you kind of said it too as well. Um, when it comes down to Pascal, if you've been playing basketball for not long, you have about four or five set moves and you keep doing mm-hmm. them and they work in success. But those can only work if the defense isn't prepared for that. And the fast about a year or two defenses haven't been, but now they've kind of clued in. They've watched the game here. They watched his footage. They know what he's going to do. So now what do you have to do? You have to be the type of player that has more tricks in your back. When I do this and then do that, then I have to do this again. And they have to kind of readjust and kind of do that. And I think that all comes with time. I think we're going to see a lot more reps from him. We're going to see him kind of come into himself and playing basketball. Like I, I, I will always say this, my own experiences, playing basketball in an empty gym, playing basketball in unfamiliar territory, all this stuff to a new baller, throws you off. You don't have the same type of things that you can rely on and bounce back on. So I think this is a weird year for him. I think uh, being the number one option now, I think uh, not having those reps being in a faraway land in Tampa where they, you know, cheer for the opposing team while you're playing all of that, all these different factors are going to affect a new baller. And I think, uh, I think he's going to have it. I think he's officially going to have it. And I think uh, the last game shows signs that he will eventually get it. Yeah. I think, I think he nailed a lot of things in the, you know, I'm sure people will will kind of do studies on it, but a couple years out of this, we'll be able to look at like, okay, why did, you know, Jamal Murray thrive in the bubble and Pascal not? And, you know, 
like like what does make someone tick as far as like the crowd vibes or you know the familiarity of a gym like i think yeah i mean you know people talked about shooting being way better in the bubble because they were playing in these two same gyms every day and they're you know they their bodies they can kind of train it like clockwork and i think to your point what pascal hasn't seen is many different basketball situations and uh, I was saying to my um, partner the other day, we we're watching the game. It's just kind of like you can see it in Pascal. You can see it's like as someone you know who grew up playing soccer and basketball, you can see the parallels where it's like when he's just free and playing, it's like he's hard to stop because mm-hmm. what he can do, like he just lets the creativity come. But also being a number one, like you're saying, Alan, you do have to have like a bunch of tricks in your bag and you have to understand how to manage a game and and kind of like you know rope a dope people and and not show them something for a quarter and show, then show them something else like you have to be ahead of them um yeah uh let's uh, stick with you alan but um i just okay this this question is kind of like i think i gotta come out with some of my some of my nurse um some of my nurse, uh, like prickly stuff. Cause his vibes, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of bothering me a bit this year. Like I'm, I'm not crazy about the, the tough love to like an assorted bag of a roster. Like, I don't think that's, what's going to galvanize us in this moment. And I think he actually has to, has to like extend his trust as a coach, as opposed to expecting it to be earned. And I think that hurt us in the playoffs with Boston and not trusting Norm enough. You know, that, that sort of thing has residual effects, both positive and negative. And I think we're seeing some of the negative residuals when you don't trust people enough and when you don't put them in new situations. And uh, sorry, I, I just feel like I had to come out with that because I, do, I, I the way I wrote the question was kind of like, who should nurse like trust more and he should trust people more so i feel like i just want to say i am having some issues with nurse's lack of trust in who he's been given because that's the job and that's what you got to do um with that said uh who do you think on the bench um actually does deserve that trust and should be playing significant minutes every game uh alex lynn no i'm joking um I think Malachi Flynn. I think we drafted this player because we were fearing of uh, of a departure of Fred Van Vliet. And so that means we have the mindset of this player can come at any point in time and, and pick up the ball and play. And we saw really good spurts of it in the preseason. And I think if there is a time to like experiment and put this guy in there and kind of, you know, uh, put two different type of rosters. And, you know, I think a seasoned player like Malachi Flynn is great. This guy was, you know, Mountain West conference defensive player of the year. And I think the one thing that we're missing on this Raptor team is defense. I think we're defensively like we're playing good defense statistically, but as part of this, like, a, like when you're looking at it, it's, there's something off with it. And I think it all comes down to floor generals. I think especially when Kyle Lowry's off and we have this other roster of uh, guys out there, there's just no one who's, you know, pointing, Hey, go there. Hey, go there. There's no, there's no, there's no talking going on. And it feels very like each person's in it for themselves. And it's not this organism that we used to have from before. And I think we had a lot of that from players uh, like Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka was a great uh, second unit Mm-hmm. Uh, floor generals, uh, defensive floor generals. Same thing. And I, I, I say this before, and people were like, "What?" But uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, 
you know, he didn't score. He didn't do anything like that. But he out there on the court, you could see that he, you know, he, he, he directed his players and he knew where everyone was. And he made sure when we got the ball, you know, we got that rebound next play, you know, and I think that's what it comes down to. I think basketball is limiting your 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 uh, uh, opponent to a, to limited uh, uh, opportunities to score. And I think we haven't done that as a team, even because even when we limit them, they're getting the rebound and they're just going on the next play. So I think, you know, giving another player that has that defensive minded thing, you know, because I think defense is, a, is an amazing thing. It's a beautiful art and it's a sweet science at the same time because it's. It's about feeling and it's about your intention and it's about effort. And I think if you have all three of those, it radiates and then, you know, other players will pick it up. I think once they see another player like that going out there, getting steals, guarding a guy 96 feet or 94 feet uh, from the basket, I think that will kind of, you know, help other players get in the line and maybe the Raptors can figure it out from that. Oh man, here, hearing you talk about like defense is a sweet science and effort <laughs> and, and it just made me miss Mark and Surge so much. It's like they're yeah. a sweet science. They're yeah. a sweet science together. You know what I mean? Like, and, were, and it was like when people would criticize Mark, I would just be like, you just don't know. He just you know, does I, a lot. He talks to everybody. Nobody. That is big. That's um, the one thing about players, especially who played soccer first. They have this also defensive soccer minded kind of way where it's this like we're an organist. We're working together. There's three passes that I have to do. I see my two options before I even get the ball. I know my positioning pressure cover balance. I move with the ball. I move when that guy moves. I know I have to move too. there's there's something about that out there. And I love watching soccer players in the NBA. They're so great. Great feet work, too. Yeah. Like Mark was someone who definitely, I think, embodied the like, no, I'm making the pass because I'm supposed to. And someone's like, but you mm-hmm. could shoot. And he's like, no there's a way to do things. And like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like having that regal, you know, I remember Zach Lowe referred to uh, Mark as persnickety. And I was kind of like, Hmm, I feel like that fits in a weird basketball only context way. <laughs> but yeah, Katie, like who do you think nurse should trust more? Or do you, you know, please, if you're like, well, no one's good enough, then that's fair too. Cause I, Yeah. No, I think like to both of your points are really good and very telling of almost like what's wrong with the team, like the trust thing uh, and the fact that I think a lot of the problems right now seem so isolative, like every player is kind of looking inward yes. and trying to fig- like fix themselves, whereas like they're not really looking to be like, all right, how do we kind of energize ourselves as a team and how do we like buy back into this? You know what I mean? And I think you definitely miss Mark and Serge for that kind of thing. I think the saddest lineups for me Though he, I know he'd be like hard pressed to ever be pulled out of them, but it was like Larry and like the bench <laughs> and the yeah. weird iterations of the bench. Like those have been the saddest to watch. And I know it's because like, yeah, there isn't that second, like to Alan's point, like there isn't that second floor general. It shouldn't be Lowry all the time because it can't be like also this team won't grow and kind of form up its new identity, which is like, I thought the whole point of this sort of year. Yes. Right. It's like handing it over to Fred, handing it over to Pascal. Um, but it can't really do that if he's still the one sort of like calling all the shots all the time for like both, like both rotations. Um, so I think yes to Malachi, but I also think this, I, I was on this more when, and I'm still waiting to see like if Pascal's performance is consistent, right. but I was thinking about this more when it wasn't, um, is that I think you should trust Norm more. Cause like coming off the bench, Norm's not that great, but like starting Norm has actually proved to just like, he just takes it so seriously. You know, he's just like head down. He's like, okay, like it's next man up mentality. He's such like a, he's like, he talks about that like again and again. 
as like being such a driving factor for his play. And I think when he's giving given those opportunities, he like just makes the most of them. He just kind of thrives on them. So I'd like to see that more. And I don't mean that that's like, oh, Pascal can never start again. But it's just like in the meantime, like Nurse always talks about like in his dream scenario, he wants like an eight eight man starting roster and everybody just kind of rotates in and out. But like to be able to do that, Freddie, to your point, he also has to trust, and I think to a degree, like be a little bit nicer to these guys. Like I'm with you. Yeah. I don't really like <laughs> the call-outs I think worked in past seasons because you did have a level of trust and accountability with players, but like with new guys, he doesn't have that yet. And if anything, like it seems to have not lit a fire under any of them. He's called out everybody. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm also like, this is kind of also the first year that nurse is going to have to prove his coaching prowess really. Cause he wasn't yep. handed a team with the superstar he wasn't handed a team that was less one superstar, but still had like a title to its name and was more or less intact. And I think wanted to win even more than the year before. This was last year. Mm-hmm. And now this year it's like, okay, wait a second. You know, like you've got two huge holes to fill. You haven't really figured out what you're going to do there yet. You have a lot of new guys and the team is like going through some identity problems because of location or like a lot of chemistry issues, I think. Um, yeah. And I think like, him looking like he's just falling back on all the same sort of tactics and them not working. He looks so, almost a little bit like petulant to me right now. And I don't like it. Yes. Pe- petulant <laughs> is a great word because he does, he has this like go with the flow, like kind of attitude, but it's like, yeah, but you're looking it's like Phil Jackson in New York right now though. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, or what I've noticed like in scrums is either he'll be super jokey and like too cute or he'll be very like stoic and like upset. And I don't like the transition and the trend. Like it used to make more sense why he would be like that. But right now it's like, there's no rhyme or reason as to which nurse you get. Uh, and I don't really like the inconsistency. I don't think it like speaks very well to what's going on internally. Yeah. It, 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 so, so many good points. I'm going to try and like, I, I want to go back to you for something else, Katie, but I just want to like first thank Matt for, on, on this stream yard thing, <laughs> doing like these quotes. And yes, Blake Griffin did say to me uh, and my brother Miguel that um, Nick Nurse was handed a Lamborghini. But, you know, Nick Nurse actually said that first. And I think to, Kate, to bring this back to Katie's point, he proved he could drive a Lamborghini. Um, I think he also proved last year he could drive an Audi with a driver beside him in Kyle Lowry. But now he's got to drive like a Chevy. Or like a, you know what I mean? Like or that, that three-wheel van from Mr. Bean. Um, like uh, I, don't, I, don't think should, I don't think we should listen to Blake Griffin about cars. I feel like Blake Griffin, this is obvious Kia propaganda. This is him and he works with Kia. I don't like it. Oh my God, that's amazing. He's working on me to be like, yo, this guy actually might be a Kia candidate. Like he doesn't look like... You'll ever earn that much? Like, let me just work my Kia angle here. Um, he says to his brother, who is also there. <laughs> but uh, wait, Terrence Griffin? I, well, I don't know. I can't think of his brother's name. Taylor. Oh, maybe. Um, uh, but um, yeah, Katie. Just to, just to go back to you, uh, I forgot my my other point. But um, that's because I got silly. Uh, no, I just want to ask about Baines. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'll put my hand up and say I'm pretty surprised at how bad he's been. Wondering, I'm not. You're not. Uh, not at all. I'm not at all. I was, as soon as I saw the name, I was like, 
not a fan. Not a fan of Baines. I thought we were getting defense, like, and, you know, a couple other things. I, I, I guess I thought that we were going to get some value, not like a basically – but he's hurting us when he's out there. And mm-hmm. also, you know, to your point about Pascal fouling out, I think that's a part of it. Uh, and OG and Pascal are stressed on D with no big to help them out. Um, but yeah, Katie, what do you uh, um, think like about like, you know, from, you know, Bobby and Masai's standpoint, like they seem to kind of openly be like acknowledging that they are going to trade for a big or get some length. Nurse made a, a comment about having only shooting guards to choose from. And I know I was just like bashing Nurse a bit, but the roster does seem more imbalanced than usual. Um, yeah, what are, you, what are you thinking slash hoping for from them? I mean, I kind of hope that their visibility perks up a little bit because like they've been sort of to me like invisible for considering like how um how present they were in the bubble whether that was like at like on the court watching games it was just like them wandering around the disney campus like they were really there they were hands-on i had a good feeling about this year and then kind of ever since i honestly i just feel in my gut that they were kind of side like taken really by surprise by Gasol and Serge walking. And then the recent kind of reporting that's come out that Serge was like, didn't want to be a second, like second string to Gasol, um, but they sort of lowballed him in renegotiations. I feel like has added some weight to that argument to me. And I think them scrambling to just get like any big, like to get Baines and Len. Also, I really want Len to, Len to like, <laughs> succeed because he said the saddest thing in one of his first um like availabilities which was like this was the best team he'd ever played for and he was so excited mm-hmm. so i really want <laughs> the best for him but i have never liked baines very much at all just watching him uh, and i think you know when you replace surgeon gasol with those two you're just they were just looking at size it was such like a free-for-all for bigs this summer like in free agency i keep saying summer but it was like two months ago the fall um yeah it was a basketball summer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like you know the lakers scared everybody into like like getting size 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 and needing that you know and like mark and Serge were so much more nuanced than just like centers you know like that wasn't really their role like gasol did have like a galaxy brain when it comes to defense and Serge was like a, an offensive threat you know like he had the shot like he could do a lot of plays like other than just spacing the floor like what he had with kyle what he had with og like he had different relationships you could kind of shift into with guys on the floor that like these these guys don't have either by virtue of them being new in the lineup um or just them being kind of like mercenary players who are that their job is to be sort of one-dimensional it's just to be sized but baines can't he only shoots threes and he, he doesn't make them and he can't even catch so i don't really know like it's it doesn't bode well but that said like I don't know what the non-catch part is. An, is, an, is a whole level of opinion. It's like his hands are so blocked, and he yeah, he just like, 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 yeah, it is. It's like it is. It's, he's trying to play basketball with mittens on, um, and it's not working for him. But I don't know because like I I wasn't in on the hard and stuff. I'm only not mostly because I just don't think the team is even ready for a superstar. Like if you get a rental in a player like Harden, that's maybe a year or two years. One, you have to hope that Harden specifically would opt in. Um, and then the team is, it's like not in a plug and play position like it was with Kawhi. 
where you could just get a superstar, add them to the roster and go. Like there's too many other underlying issues right now. So I don't really know what they need. I don't know if this is a case of being like, do you package a player like Pascal with Norm or something? But then I'm kind of like, well, why are you forfeiting what you said the future of this team was Mm -hmm. for, for a move? And then I'm also very sadly like, do you ask Lowry for his list of places he wants to land at the end of this season? Because any team could use him. And then do you really go into a rebuild situation? Because the team can't also be its next thing while still under Lowry, as much as it like breaks my heart to say that. But I hope there's a solution they can come to that doesn't involve Lowry leaving, because I never want that. Oh, God, me too. Well, and, and, and you say it with such sensitivity that I feel like it's understood. The bigs are a major issue. Um, I don't think there's an easy solve. Uh, and I don't know if the answer is going to come internally either. But I, yeah, um, I feel like Bobby and, um, and Masai, and to your point, uh, Katie, they are not really present. And it does seem kind of like they're, the Raptors are hanging in the wind right now a little bit in Tampa. Uh, Alan, okay, what should... I also, don't, sorry, I also don't want to start like any unnecessary fires, but neither of them have also signed their new contract. So that doesn't make me feel great either. <laughs> yes. I thought, wait, I didn't... I thought Bobby signed his, no? I don't think he did because he was in the process of still negotiating it before they moved to Tampa because he was asked about it a bunch and he was like, well, the most important thing is the move. But then they moved, and then I don't believe they picked up on it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, Alan, let me just say this. Just a quick aside to Katie's thing. Now is not the time to endorse, like, a cult of personality. But I'm all in on Masai. So, <laughs> you know, my my non-panic is only because Masai's here and, and going to guide us through this. When he's not... I might need to take a bit of a break from the pod because I think I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be a lot more bleak. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is concerning. And I think that concern is going to grow. Hopefully we hear something soon uh, and we need bigs. Uh, yeah, well, where are you at Alan on, you know, Bobby Masai kind of like, how, how are they going to solve this uh, like imbalance, I guess? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, just uh, to touch on that, I think, I heard something. Once again, this is just hearsay because I don't know this how this person has this source of information. But uh, I think I heard that Bobby Webster was furious on what happened with the Serge Ibaka deal. And he's probably going to walk. Or he's thinking about walking like there's grumblings of that. So that's not a good thing to hear. And I choose not to believe it until it happens. Um, as as yeah. far as, yeah, fixing the big situation, I never, like, I, and I hate, I don't like... I don't know. I feel like this is almost hypocritical of myself because I'm not a huge fan of people who uh, trash uh, Aaron or players on your home team. So I'm going to be very uh, critical, critical of what he does. Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, I, I just don't think taking Phoenix's trash is going to be a good idea to help your team win. I just okay, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Tyson Chandler is going to fix this team. I don't think that's what we should have done. I think there are other bigs that do specific things better. 
I think I think I don't know. Playing I see when I see Aaron Baines out there, he seems like the type of player that's like a bully to his own teammates. He's like, <laughs> I get five shots a game, and no matter what, I'm gonna get my five shots. And those five shots, I don't care what happens on the court, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna throw it up, I'm gonna do whatever, and that's what he does. And you can see it. There's so many times where he catches the ball and he just shoots it immediately because he's like, no, I shoot now. This is what I do. Or he's in the post. And I do appreciate that post move more than I appreciate his three. Like, I, I feel less excited than the JV three than I do. Oh, I feel more excited for the JV three than I do for Aaron Baines' open three-point shot. It just, the form looks up. It's a push. It's a leap. His whole mechanics are off. So I'm not excited about that. And I, and Alex Len too, like, I, I, I think I have less anger towards him because Aaron Baines always seemed like a bully to other people trying to hurt them. And he seems like kind of mean and spirited and pushing players where he doesn't have to. He feels like Steven Adams without all the Steven Adams flair. You know, he's just this kind of big, like, kind of uh, menacing presence, but he's not. He's an undersized big who doesn't have the length with his arms. And he doesn't also have the finesse to kind of do the different passes that Steven, um, Steven Adams does as well. So never been excited for him. I think Boucher should probably be starting, especially for a confidence thing. I think we should, I know he's going to get bodied. I know he's going to get bodied, but I think he needs to learn. And I think this is an opportunity where he can kind of get those reps in as, uh, as, a, as a stretch five in this, in this league. Uh, I think there's one more move that we need to make. I've been saying this from the beginning. I think there's some type of flip that we need to do to get a, 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 a big in here, because I think this, those, those re- Rebounds. I think we're what are we twenty seventh in like uh, re- uh, giving up was what was it I forgot the stat but we're we're very it bad 27th. it was twenty seventh yeah we were twenty seventh rebounds yeah maybe twenty fourth so, now but it's still shit <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's not great and I think it's it's we have it, it's just there's a disconnect between our bigs and our in our guards. And I think we need to find a way to kind of connect it to and have them on the same page and making sure that we don't give up these second chance opportunities. And we're grabbing the board as soon as the ball hits the backboard of the rim or something like that. And we're, we're, we're pushing on down there and we have a big, that, you know, stretches the floor on the offensive end and actually can shoot and gets the rebounds. And I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know why we didn't get like a player like Hassan Whiteside. Like I know for what Hassan Whiteside does and who he is and his mentality i think he makes up for it in size you can't teach size and he's a very specific big in which players think twice when they drive they go well there is a lurking giant man who likes to foul and likes to block shots so you know what i might not drive right now i might kick it out there and that little hyper second of thinking changes an entire course of a game and i think having someone like that who got two million dollars as opposed to i think we gave uh baines like five or seven I'm like, oh, man, I feel like we really dropped the ball as far as the replacement guys. And it's tough because we're going to have to watch that for an entire season. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. You know, I think it's just once we lost the Giannis uh, sweepstakes, we have to look and be more aggressive in the season as far as trades. And I think uh, I don't know what it is. I couldn't tell you who, uh, but there's <laughs> definitely somebody that we need to bring in the center and. I know it's, I don't know. I, don't, I feel bad once again, because once again, he's wearing a Raptor, Raptor jersey, but I'm not, I'm not sold on Baines and I'm not sold on the Aaron Baines fan club. I blocked that person years ago. I was like, I, I hate this account. This is just Brian Scalabrini joking. Package. I don't want to watch that. It's, and I, I'm so, I don't know why we brought that person in. I'm just. I don't uh, like it either, but I'm so glad that you said that because you're the only person. <laughs> I've felt this whole time. I've been like, am I the crazy one? But like, I'm yeah, also okay. just like, who are you? I don't like these jokes. You just yeah. showed uh, a stake in the heart 
uh, of this podcast because <laughs> that Twitter thread's way bigger than this pod, and we're dead. They're gonna come after us. Uh, um, they're gonna squash us. Uh, you gotta prepare for war. I'm sorry, prepare for war, everybody. Also, shout out like you just fully did like a southern style. Um, uh, like bless her heart. It's like, oh, bless her, bless her heart. She's a moron. Like because <laughs> you had a nasty like that Aaron Baines insult, which is you're you're just a dressed down Stephen Adams. Do you know how much that would hurt his feelings? Like that's probably that's probably what hurt his feelings like more than anything else. Like he probably looks at he looks at Stephen Adams all the time, being like. Fuck, look at that hair. He's like the whole two inches taller. Like he's stronger for sure. Like people like say maybe if I grow my beard too. You know? <laughs> oh wow. Um this is a this is a fun time. Let's uh let's jump into some NBA stuff because I, I think um I think there's a lot to to wait and see on for the Raptors and it's going to be a busy season, it seems. I, th- I think we can all agree on, you know, connectivity issues and kind of, you know, Katie, you worded it really well, where it's like we're in this weird kind of like oxymoron season where it's like, okay, Kyle, pass the torch, but like hold it the whole time and show us <laughs> the way. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But at some point we're going to have to give it to the guys and they're going to have to like make their way through the dark hallway. Um if Kyle, you know, if that's going to successfully happen. Um, I hope it does, because I think the alternative is trying to find a brand new culture, uh, which would be, I mean, you know, took us 25 years to get to the point where we had a good culture and, you know, it was championship friendly and a guy like Kawhi could join in. Like you were saying, Harden can't really. Sorry, Katie, were you going to say something? No. Oh, fair enough. I just I thought I thought I saw a hand raise and I was like, "Whoa, Freddie!" Like, I was itching my back. Sorry. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, well, let's jump into some NBA stuff. You're a great host, though, Freddie. Thank you. That makes me feel good, uh, and I'm gonna oh, majestically. Right. Oh, did I ruin something? Oh, oh, wait, oh hand, hand raise. Been up for Hello. hours. <laughs> Can I go to the bathroom? Please, sir. Um, <laughs> if, you really, if you really do need to, like, by all means. Um, okay, let's let's jump into some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, please. I know you got some Adam Silver arriving uh, at a at a ferry terminal or something. Uh, please, whatever you got, give it to me. This is Adam Silver. <laughs> People love it. <laughs> when I walk down the street, people will drive by me and be like, I'm sober. Just Matt's audio files. He put them up in the free library. They're sick. <laughs> um, let's go to let's go to you katie uh yeah just just a classic pod um topic here uh, who's who's the team with the record uh or the team that's doing well that's surprising you the most um the knicks i'm very happy for their fan base uh and just for the 
the franchise, I guess. Um, and I think I'm very pleased to see the Sixers experiment working thus far. Doc Rivers also just looks like he's so well rested. So I'm very happy. <laughs> very happy for him. I think he really deserves this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, and the Suns. In the West, I will say the Suns because that experiment which I don't think was an experiment as much as a given of like getting Chris Paul in there to yell at everybody and to organize everybody is also working. Oh man. And, and was that ever on display uh, last night against the Suns? It's like, we make that run, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Paul comes in and he's like, Hey everyone relax. We're going to win this game. And it's like, mm-hmm. shit, they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. What, what, what about you, Alan? Uh, Nick. So wait, 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 let me just, uh, Say with the Knicks, I always expect them to like trip over their own, like, I don't know, like kazoos or like, <laughs> I just expect something insane to happen for the Knicks. So even three and three or like general competency and like the fact seeing Thibodeau on the bench, I'm like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I know they just hired him, but I'm still surprised he's still there. Like, I'm not saying it's going to last, oh, but yeah. it's a nice. It feels like refreshing for now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I, I've said this before on the pod, but the Knicks are the one like big city team who I've actually given a pass at this point. Like, I'm like, you guys have suffered enough. Like, if you yeah. do, I, I'd be okay with you being good until it got annoying again, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Alan, who's your surprise team? Uh, I, think, I think Katie nailed it. I think just watching the Knicks' success – uh, this year has just been. I, I, I don't know if anyone here has seen uh, Wonder Woman '84, but uh, there's this, yeah. this device in the movie, <laughs> yeah, where you, you you wish for something, but it takes away from someone else. And I feel like it's an Atlantic Division <laughs> where somebody voted for like, I want the Knicks to be good, and then the Raptors just lost all their like Space Jam mojo, and it went into this ball in New York where Julius Randle's just you know sucking on it every day, <laughs> better and better, and putting up triple doubles. But yeah, I'm happy for them. I think that fan base has been through a lot. I've been to the ringer for so long and it's unfortunate that it happened on James Dolan watch uh, on his watch because I wanted them to do so bad that he got fired because that would be the best thing for them mm-hmm. as far as anything. It would be great. He was gone. Yeah. It'd be a brand new day. Like, I don't know, there'd be no pollution in New York at all. Like the streets would be cleaner. I feel like as soon as he's gone, some reason, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think watching uh, the Knicks success is, is crazy. I think the Phoenix sun success is crazy. Uh, also shout out to um, the Sacramento Kings. They're like 500 right now playing, decent basketball but uh, i think it's fun to watch tyrese halliburton out there and you know see how explosive that kid is i think watching he was your rookie player, of the year guy right uh, well was he your rookie of the year guy i feel like you said uh i i i, 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 I my rookie of the year has been uh moved around like i've been playing uh what's that game roulette like i i, I was tyrese halliburton was one of my big sleepers and also obi toppin and Obi Toppin hasn't been given the minutes that he had because I think he's got like a stress thing going on in his knee. So, or, or maybe he's just not getting the minutes, but uh, Obi Toppin, Tyrese and uh, Mello was my, my safe, sexy pick, you know, but uh, I think Tyrese has been putting on a show and I think he's been doing great as a backup to, to, to Darren Fox. It's yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's so early in the season and seeing, you know, the Phoenix Suns at the top of the Western conference. I'm like, Ooh, what years is 1992. It's, it's great to see. I'm happy for them. I feel I think the Phoenix fran- franchise, you know, could use a win after so long. They're, I think the last time they were like really, really, or just decent were like the Steve Nash years. So good on them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, they're not uh, the team I was going to throw in there. They're not like a top of the conference, but 
I think maybe people just don't care about the Indiana Pacers, but I'm kind of happy for Nate uh, Bjorkson and uh, or Bjorkren. And um, I also feel like Oladipo got a lot of like, he just got like people didn't talk about him in a nice way this off season. And I guess he did try and go somewhere else, but it seems like they, they have what the Raptors don't have right now. Like they're, they're, I've watched a couple just like, I think they're a fun league pass team. Like they really are playing differently. Everyone seems like they're having fun. Um, they have a bunch of like really likable players. And I think they're a team that even if they're deserving, will never get, they're like analysts love people will, will never be like, they're going to be top four in the East. And it, like, they could very much be top four in the East. Uh, I think I had them at like fifth and people are like, really? Yeah, like, like the Pacers? I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. Like, um, sorry, Alan. They're that middle, that middle team that like always makes the playoffs, but doesn't make a huge splash when it comes to the playoffs. So I think everyone always mm-hmm. writes them off because it's like, this, this is uns- unsexy basketball. I don't want to watch them you know, win 47 games. Like, I feel like we always write them off, but I feel like, yeah, they're doing great stuff out there, especially with Depot. And um, I keep forgetting Sabonis. Sabonis is like, you know, putting on a clinic this year. And to be fair, I I, I do believe like Indiana is the least sexy place in the world. So um. uh, have you heard of French Lake, Indiana? Sexy as hell. French Lake, what does that mean? That's sexy, right? Right. Uh, the show Erie, Indiana wasn't. But probably, I should have watched it. Like, you know what I mean? But I watched Are You Friend of Dark instead. Um, and goosebumps. Uh, I don't know why that name stuck in my head for like for a show I never watched. But uh, Alan, let's uh, let's stick with you. Let's um, look at my last question here. Uh, oh yeah, just I, okay. The NBA experience right now, like watching the game, it's not like the bubble. I think a lot of people have touched on this. The bubble had a lot going on. Obviously, you know um, the the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, kind of like happening with with all these players centralized there there was like a community a camaraderie there was there was a vibe that was like all its own and unique and powerful and and awesome and i think this is like i don't want to say it's the opposite because people are doing their best and trying to make it good. But, you know, seeing fans and stands is weird uh, as a Raptor fan. Uh, I know this is an NBA segment, but you know, having all these people who don't care about your team or are actively rooting against it. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. This is mm-hmm. Extra bad. Like that can't happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, Boston hug, they hung their banners behind the rim, which I thought looked cool. I, I'm hoping as the year goes along, teams and and franchises are going to try and add stuff to to just make it more appealing and fun uh yeah um alan what's something you think that could like maybe improve the in-game experience uh and you know if it's not like technically possible for whatever specific reason we'll just imagine it you know yeah um yeah, I think I think you 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 um, you touched on. It. I think the bubble games felt different because it felt like a stage as opposed to an empty arena. And these games feel like an empty arena. I yeah. can't remember which team it was, but they had this like a jumbo thing behind the bench, and they had like you know different things for the team and like go team and all this different stuff. I'm like, yeah, add more elements of that and incorporate sure. it to make it feel like when I'm watching it, I'm watching specifically this game and my eyes don't want to go like, wow, this is an empty stadium. Like I don't <laughs> get that feeling from it. 
it kind of it pulls away for a little bit. So I think incorporating more digital elements around it, maybe some fake fans or whatever, or you know something fun that can keep me engaged or keep the the viewer engaged with their eyes on what they can see. Uh, I, I do appreciate the real can in, in certain arenas. I think that's fun to watch kind of that. I think a, a new um, uh, way to watch the game would be kind of cool. So I think, What's yeah. I think, like, is that the sideline one? Yeah, the one that just the okay, yeah, yeah. track guy. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. I think there's, yeah, I think we're, as we go culture of sports and sports viewing and trying to engage the younger people, I think there's different things that we can try. I think maybe why not try a 2K cam, you know? Let's try a real thing up top. Like, NFL has that sometimes for certain plays where they just follow a player and track them. If we had something like that where it just goes back and forth and you can watch it on a separate stream where you get like, oh, cool, I get to see from the point guard's perspective, I get to see all these different kind of cuts and movements and, you know, every time there's a rebound, it flips and whatnot or even some virtual virtual games. I think uh, Hulu attempted something like that. Uh, where it's like this VR kind of game where you get this courtside seat and you're right there and you get to watch the game. I'm like, yeah, why not? Try try, try that. If there's a year where you could uh, try to get as much money from the fans and you can't get to the fans, try different things. Try it. Just throw it at the wall, see what sticks. <laughs> this is going to be the synthetic basketball year of NBA. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens, you know? Like, I'm not there. I can't go to these games. So give me new ways to experience it and not a worse experience than my previous one. You hear that, NBA? Let this man spend his money on you and just give him new ways. That's what we need. I just want to spend it. <laughs> it seems like this year you hit it uh, with the being on a stage to being an empty arena. Like, like mm-hmm. I, you know, I can say it better. And, you know, it, it does seem like they're like, okay, but check this out. We're going to have a play-in, and until then, you can just bet on every single game in every single quarter. And it's like, okay, the betting thing's – something but like that's not for everyone so like i'm appreciating how hard you're pushing the like betting on games and that kind of thing um but yeah and and, sorry before i go to you uh katie just with the tracking cam did anyone see matt you have to check this out if you haven't seen it uh luca is like really tired in the bubble and he like leans down and oh, yeah the, it, it hits him or well, almost it, hits him. it almost hits him but like, what even scares me more is like it almost i don't know how sharp it is but like it almost went over his fingers and i'm like oh my god the most like you know a potential future of the league offensive dynamo almost got his fingers cut off by your like tracking cam that would be I mean, that might be this, like one of the stories of the year. Like, um, and just, just, just so you know, I'm not like totally insane, and these things can happen. Google Enrique Iglesias cuts <laughs> his finger off by a drone in his own concert. Oh my god! Just Google it. Don't like look at it. It's nasty. But he he's tough. He finished the concert. Um, he like basically tried to grab the drone and be like, "You can take my breath away," but basically like, was like. <laughs> <laughs> took his finger off almost. Uh, anyhow, um, Katie, uh, do you think that um, the NBA could pro- improve the in-game experience without like Enrique Iglesias? This is so boring, but I wonder honestly if a lot of the game ops teams, like for game ops, or every team has had their budget like cut for this year based on how little it seems like teams are doing. That boring thing aside, I'm a big fan of the mic'd up component mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, so I wouldn't mind if they mic someone up all game long or maybe mic up multiple people from 
either team and just have them mic'd up for the whole thing. But maybe it's like you can tune in to a separate stream where you like li- you just listen to it. So you're watching, but you tune into the mic'd up stream somewhere else. Oh, okay. And you can listen to like the audio overlay of them, mostly probably just swearing at each other. <laughs> so maybe it needs like an age, like an age um, thing, like on like cannabis sites or whatever, you know, like you gotta, you gotta correctly sign in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel like there should be an X rated version that adults like, we'll, we can handle it. We, we know yeah. they're tearing their heads off out there. Like, if you've mm-hmm. ever been... I want to hear come out, we'll say, fuck out of here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's swearing, but it's also just like, you know, part of sports and like grunting. And like, I, I, I think for those who enjoy that, um, they'd be super down. Both of you had kind of real answers. Mine was, <laughs> mine was more so, and Matt, if you got a silly one, please throw it in. Um, but mine was more so like, I've just been obsessed with the concept of the Memphis Grizzly, like doing a running bit. Like one year, the Memphis Grizzly did like was like did all this wrestling based stuff, but it was like each time <laughs> they showed up, like something would like the storyline would continue. So I think we could have that with like the Raptors, the inflatables, just like a mascot storyline. Um, Matt, sorry. Like you, you, you put something in there. Uh, uh, Matt says he wants an army of, of red pandas. So multiple red pandas, <laughs> that would be great. But I feel like the only way to do that is like a house of mirrors. Cause like, <laughs> she's her own thing. Like, no, no one else can do that. Like it's pretty specific and she's pretty good. What if, what if some of the Raptors players, like someone has to try and do it, you know, like Lowry comes out, gets on the bike but no need injuries to like add to the mix of this year's uncertainty. Lowry, get on the bike, learn the thing, then teach it to everyone else. It's, like, it's a lot like what you already do, but sorry. Uh, too? Uh, okay, let's uh I think I think we're there. Let's let's move on to some quickish questions. How does that sound? You buddies want to do some quickish questions? Yes, sounds good. We, I keep setting myself up for someone to be like, no. So, you know what? No, I'm leaving. Yeah. Okay, Maddie, uh, please, good sir, give me that quickish question. Quickish question. Oh, you came in hard. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> heads up. Uh, Matt is been practicing his lip syncing uh, abilities. Paul's back. <laughs> I'm on the pork and chop or whatever. Uh, that's going to come out. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Can't wait to find out. The pork chop. Is, yeah. Okay. I don't even like know. Is new Paul's drag race. <laughs> yeah. I just shout out to quick shout out to RuPaul because when the pandemic first hit, uh, that new season came out and then the Canadian season came out and like that g- helped me buy a lot of time. Uh, you yeah. know, cause like it, it was basically that the last dance. Um, and then that, you know, dagger gang. Oh, we had tiger. <laughs> that was the start. That was, that was the start. That was like day one. We're all, you know, doing chip brackets and chocolate bar brackets and watching tiger King. And here we are with, <laughs> Bridgerton. 
Um, okay. All right. I've, no, been, I've binged that whole series. I don't know, man. I don't know why I did it. Kaylin binged it, and then oh, I was yeah. just yeah. I kept being like, fucking Virgin, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it. Um, okay. Let's do some quickish questions. I'm anticipating some Bridgerton based questions. So uh, get ready for that. Uh, Maddie, I was going to get you to give me the quickish question sting again. We did that. Uh, but here is the rules. No stalling. Answer as quick as you can. Um, that's basically the only rule. Uh, I'm going to stutter. I'm going to slur. Uh, I might panic because the sentence is too long. That's okay. You have to answer as quickly and concisely as possible, no matter what. Are we ready? Fair. Awesome. Um, let's do uh, Katie, Allen, Matt. Okay. Um, Katie, what happened? Quick to ask, but probably too broad to get a quick response. <laughs> what? Um, uh, uh, well, well, what someone just question? asking what happened? Oh, I thought you were getting into it. Um... Life, man. Life. Yep. That's a, that's a perfect <laughs> answer. Uh, Alan, who would win one on one, Baines or Len? Uh, <laughs> Len. I think Len would win one on one, and uh, I think Lady Whistle Down would write about it in her letters about how Len beat. Uh, uh, what's his name? Baines over there. <laughs> Lady Whistle reference. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, Matt. Yeah. Um, what is Nick Nurse's favorite Arkell song? <gasps> wow. <laughs> and I guess what I'm asking is, do you know any Arkell song? Um, yeah, I know uh, uh, some from the first album because I saw them when they first started. Out. Um, I'm going to say uh, the one about John Lennon in 67. Wow. Uh, I think it's called... Uh, made up answer? I don't know. No, it's the, the, the president of uh, Venezuela. What was that guy's name? Hugo Chavez? That's what it's called. Hugo Chavez. That might be a different song. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they do have a song called Hugo Chavez, and he loves it. Our coming in with a lot of layers here. Um, I really gotta investigate more. Um, uh, what is Nick? Oh, sorry. Whoops. Uh, do you do you, do you think uh, Nick Nurse uh, enjoyed the PC decadent pie? I, I don't know. Is he, you might be, maybe he's advertising for them now. Um. Oh, because did he eat that on that stupid holiday? Maybe on that holiday show that they did that was sponsored by President's Choice? Okay, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I missed uh, it. I just assumed. It's like a giant cookie pie. that's like a pie, from what I understand from the commercials. Yeah, he probably enjoyed it. Maybe a little too much. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Alan, how important do you think the beginning of a season is to determine the rest of the season? Um... I think it's it sets the pace for what's going forward, but you could ease you could not easily you could change it over time and have a different uh, uh, end point from your starting point. Much like Duke Simon Bassett when he decided to not have kids and then later on kind of adjust it as things kept going on in Bridgerton. Yeah, <laughs> Bridgerton ref adjusted because the mechanics there were a bit shady. 
Um, you say you don't want kids. You want kids, man. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. You're just scared. Um, uh, Katie. It was a Katie or Matt. It's Matt. It's Matt. <laughs> so I might just give you Matt. Matt. <laughs> if they make a move for rebounding help, who do you think they should target? <sighs> rebounding help. I'm going to say it until I've said it many times on this podcast. We got the wrong Aussie on there. We need the New Zealander. We need a Stephen Adams. Bring him on, mate. Hey, man, if Baines listens to this pod, he is <laughs> deeply hurt. I like that accent. I just want it from a different guy. Cheers. <laughs> um, Katie. Um, well, you know what? This is the last question, so it's going to be an all-play. Whoa, boy. Uh, but first one goes to Katie. Why does Aaron, as in Aaron Baines, only have one A in his name? <laughs> it's, a, it's a silly question, so, you know. Aaron, mm, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you say it like Aaron, mate. Aaron. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what? If you say it like that, who knows? Aaron, <laughs> mate. Sorry. So no. sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Alan, um, why does Aaron, uh, mate, only have one A? Because uh, he's he's different, unique, and special, you know? Much like Penelope Featherton from Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, wow. Another hot ref. Honestly, like, I just want to keep playing. Like, how many of these you got? This is hype. I think I'm out. I think I'm out. I think I'm out. I'm like, wow, I like, I watch that show too. And I'm like, wow, man, who, there's a lot of Bridgerton's. Like, this is crazy. Um, okay, Matt, uh, same thing. Why only one A in Aaron Baines? Um, I think it's because his name isn't actually Aaron. He is a Ron. He's Ron. And um, he's a guy named Ron. He's a Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen how much meat that dude puts on the Barbie? It's insane. I had whoa, that reference came out of nowhere. Oh man, I saw a video (laughs) like a just Barbie exclusive. He just was like, Here's a full boar, here's a full cow, (laughs) beef cheeks. He loves his beef cheeks. Um, I mean, cheers. He's cooking up stuff he loves, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Baines, mate. Barbecue master. Uh, that's the end of Quickish Questions. That's the end of the pod. We made it. Thank you all uh, for listening. Share, subscribe, follow these amazing people online. Um, Katie, I'll go to you first. Uh, is there anything? I mean, you all got stuff going on, but uh, is there anything that's coming out soon? You, you feel like plugging? Uh, yeah, I just started a new column. Um, it's an MBA advice column on Dime. So it's called Not Bad Advice NBA. Uh, it had I the first column went out this week. I answered four questions. Uh, if you'd like to answer, I mean, ask, wow. <laughs> if you'd like to <laughs> me to answer your question, uh, you can email Anne, A-N-N, LandryFields at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get it in one of those columns. I think it might be weekly if, if the questions keep coming in, and they are. Uh, but if not, maybe bi-monthly. But you can check it out. It's, like, very emotional. There's some X's and O's. There's also a lot of Cold War references in this one. Oh. Uh, when I was looking at the Spurs, the history of the Spurs uh, <laughs> offensive system, it's very involved. 
Cool. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, whoever's listening to this, definitely email Katie your questions. You will get like a full, amazing, awesome answer that, um, you, sorry, but first I have to just ask, Ann Landry Fields. Yes. Now, is there a pun going on there with the Landry Fields that Raptors fans know? Or is this yes. just like, hey. There's well, you no know Ann Landry, the advice columnist, I would hope, maybe. Yeah. Okay, I do now, I remember. So that's why. Yeah, and yeah, the Landry Fields. Oh. <laughs> Listen, low <laughs> bar here for me. That's not for the listeners. You should have got that reference right away. But for me, you got to explain things like sometimes a bunch. Um, that's all right. And Landry, now I know. Um, Alan, what's up? Uh, I mean, everyone, you know, should watch uh, the Canadian baking show. It's a great show. Uh, I think you're going to crush it. Um, wait, what is, that? is that out? Yeah, when is it out? So it, it uh, drops uh, Valentine's Day. So look for that Sunday at 8 o'clock, I want to say. Uh, okay. Watch the Great Canadian Baking Show, new season. Well, that wasn't fair of me then, because I'm like, I can't be like, hey, everyone, check out Alan in two months. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, other so stuff. Yeah. yeah, other stuff uh, is a um, friend of the pod. Freddie's been on it. Uh, we have uh, Blow the Hardwoods, a pod that I do with uh, these guys. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, we've uh, put some stuff on our new site, Press, so a lot of writings. We actually have another podcast under our banner. Uh, Will Strickland, the Will Strickland is on there, so he's got his own little solo pod there. Not little. I shouldn't say that. That's kind of rude. Um, okay. No, he's got his he's got his pot on there too. So check that out. He's the dude's a wordsmith. So check that. Um, that's great. Um, also, yeah, if you want to watch me play video games, go, go to twitch.tv backslash Shoeless Lewis. You know, <laughs> and me, you can just watch me play. One time I was playing. There was this one guy. We had he was just in the comment section, just typing away. We had a full like hour dialogue. It was fun. It was like three o'clock in the morning. He was just like, "Yeah, what's going on, Toronto, Canada?" I was like, "All right." Tell you what's yeah. going on up here. <laughs> Nicest dude, San Antonio Spurs fan. So I think I'll send him over to uh, to Katie's uh, blog. Shoeless Lewis, check it out. And you know, Alan, I feel like we're we're well past the point where you know people there's there's meaningful connections online all the time. I think uh, didn't Travis Scott have uh, like a concert on a Fortnite game? Yeah. Sorry, it was I, super I sound like weird. I'm Jack Armstrong right now. Um, <laughs> dog. What? Um, Hello. what the heck who's that snoop when he said who's that snoop i was like pardon me <laughs> um yes it's snoop dog and is there another snoop um <laughs> that's anyways. Snoop lion that guy's cool too snoop lion oh yeah sorry i forgot about his reggae face um <laughs> but uh yeah we're, we're we're we made it to the end of the pod um Ooh. All the good stuff. Share, subscribe. Thank you for everyone who does. And the podcast has been growing a lot recently. So appreciate that. And uh, yeah, Matt, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me the words. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Matt has left us. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs>